Hello, everybody. Hopefully you guys are doing well at home. Uh, what I wanted to do with this little um, audio is to go over some do's and don'ts that I've noticed in the first DBQ practice that you guys had. Um, remember that you want to make sure that you are always looking at your rubric. You want to know what you're scoring for. All right. Let's look at if we're going through the rubric itself. Let's let's look and see what we have. So if you have that available, and I, I don't have it on this new, uh, the second BC, uh, DBQ. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll add that when I'm done with this audio. So the first one is in your introductory paragraph. Remember that you guys are trying to do contextualization and thesis. It's two points, one point each. For the most part, you guys did a really good job with context, right? You're talking about the history leading up to that point, or perhaps you're talking about the history of the moment, giving some background information. I got to say, I was pretty impressed uh, of the um, of the 25 or 26 that I've received so far. It seems to be that 18, 19 of you guys got the context point. So you guys are doing really well there. The thesis still needs a little bit of work. Remember that you want to make sure that your thesis or what is your answer to your prompt is evident and it is noted and that the thesis, uh, your thesis, your answer directly answers the question. It seemed that some of you guys were talking about religion, that religion was a major factor of the 30 years war. But remember that the, the question is asking you how much of a factor, to what extent was religion a factor? Was it 100%? 50%, 75%. I'm throwing out those percentages to be arbitrary. I'm not telling you that you have to say that it was 100% religious. We covered quite a bit in class about how the wars of religion were not really about religion. They were more about power. They were more about economics. They are more about um, land grabs. But it seemed to be that almost all of you, when you read the information from the documents, that you stuck to the documents exactly the way that they were written, that it's supposed to be a religious uh, issue. I was quite surprised because we've already done an essay on this, or it was either an essay or it was a, um, a short answer. And it seemed at the point that many of you guys were able to come up with evidence to show that the wars of religion were not truly about religion. But remember that the the documents that, they're, that the AP board is giving you, they're not giving you these documents to... to um, to throw you off, they're giving you the documents to see if you can find where the BS is, all right? And a handful of you guys did a really good job in the documents and analyzing the documents and being able to locate where the bull was within the, the documents. Some of you talked about how the alliance systems that the Catholics and the Protestants had were mostly for political power, not only to spread their religion, but they also had political ideas there. The Edict of Restitution that the Catholics uh, wrote in 1629 was simply to get their land back. Right? They allowed the Protestants to continue their religion, but they just wanted their land back that was taken from them during the, the time of Martin Luther. And so that doesn't make sense. If this is a religious war, you'd want those Protestants to convert to Catholicism. But no, what do the Catholics say? I, we just want our land. So please make sure that you are remembering what we've talked about in class. Maybe that you have your notes or your textbooks there available. Remember that you know if this was done as the AP exam, yeah, you'd have 45 minutes to prep, um, read the documents, prep your answer, and then start writing your answer. And what I would like to see is that you guys do that. And I think only one person noted 
that they actually timed themselves. It could be that other people did, but only one person actually noted that they timed themselves. But we want to get into that habit where we're taking this um, as a serious attempt, and we'll do that. We have five of these. One's gone. The next one you guys are working on is on absolutism and the view of absolutist, um, a view of absolutism through the eyes of kings as well as the eyes of uh, other people. All right. And what was the view of absolutism and what was the proper role of government? You have to evaluate um, what that claim was, right? If a king is saying, well, I'm an absolutist, I'm, I must do this. Or if somebody like, you know, John Locke is saying, whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah, you're a king. You might be an absolutist, but, but you're analyzing their point of view, their perspective. So, um, so the, the intros for the most part, a lot of you guys scored well with your context and you scored well with your thesis. Please remember that your thesis has to answer the question and no, no whole secret thesis is right. You know, you need to make sure that you clarify to the reader what your answer is. Yes. Can you have it in your conclusion? If you screwed up on your, your intro, surely, but at some point you have to have the answer to the question at hand. As far as the documents go, um, a lot of you guys use four documents, right? That's that's what we want to try to get to. If you use all documents, great. But four, two is the minimum to get the describe point. Four is the minimum that you need for the support points to get both points for the support points. And then you need to explain two documents, purpose, historical situation, audience, or point of view. Um, you pick one or both of those or two of the four and for two documents and you can score two points there. Once again, you need to know your rubric. If you know how to score, you can focus your writing on that. Body paragraphs. I'm still seeing a lot of you guys, the vast majority are starting your body paragraphs with. In document one, it talks about. All right, well, a couple of things that are wrong about that way of starting. First thing, there is no topic sentence. Your first sentence should always tell the reader what this paragraph is about, and it should have one point, one idea or concept that you wrote about in your thesis. So if your thesis was to say that the, the 30 years war was in part political as well as religious, maybe your first body paragraph would say the 30 years war was in part a political grab, period. And then you could bring in your documents and then you could talk about how according to the Edict of Restitution or according to the uh, Catholic League, which was created in 16, whatever. Um, at that point, you could bring in your documents. Do not start off with in document one, it says, or in document two, it talks about. Another thing, documents don't talk, right? The people talk. So if you're going to say, according to the Catholic League, Catholics believed, quote, that's fine. The document itself does not talk. The authors of the documents speak or write or stated or explained or noted, whatever the term is. Please, let's try it. We got to get past that. We got to get past the, in document three, it says, in doc, you cannot start your body paragraphs like that. You have to have a topic sentence. And if your thesis has two topics in it, then you should have a minimum of two body paragraphs each one having a topic sentence of its own. If it is that you guys wrote, and quite a bit of you guys, like I said, wrote that the 30 years war was purely a religious war and you divided it up as far as religious alliances, um, religious quarrels, as far as the, um, the, uh, the act of defenestration that took place in Prague. Uh, I think only, only a couple of you guys noted some of the, uh, 
the other parts as far as the international phase or the French phase or the Danish phase and the Swedish phase. Um, but outside of that, you want to make sure that you are, um, you are addressing the, the documents themselves and also trying to find the little, um, nuances within the documents that can give you an answer or help you explain your thesis. Your next uh, part of the rubric or the historical evidence beyond what is found in the documents. Remember that this is your outside evidence. This is the easiest points to get, right? I would say of, of all the, the rubric itself, the one thing that they need you to do beyond the documents is simply bring in two additional sources. Please make sure that when the AP test takes place, like I, I, I noted this before, if you're listening to this, this is the second time that you're going to get it, that you take each one of your chapters from the beginning of the school year, uh, the rent, well, it's not well, I would say at least through to the 1600s, right? Because the AP board says the DBQ is from 1600 to 2001. That's your span of the, that they're going to test you on. But because we're restricted now up into imperialism, all right, not including World War One. so let's say up to 1914, you need to make sure you have your packets available. So the moment you click on whatever it is, the online version that they're going to prepare for you, the moment you're taking that test and you see that it's a question on industrialization, that you grab the reading packet for industrialization or the work packet for industrialization, that you have it there readily available. Right? Once you're done reading your documents, it could be that... You know, it pops in your head. Oh, I remember an outside source, or it could be that once you've read your documents and you're setting up something that you quickly, and I mean quickly, just kind of look at your documents to say, okay, this is one person I can use. And I can, what I would do is I would summarize, just do a quick summary, maybe a little four sentence summary about those, um, those documents, uh, the readings, the outside readings, if by chance, you know, that could just be one more step in your practice towards this. Make a little summary of the reading, the author, uh, what their main idea was given the topic. Um, a lot of you guys did not use any outside sources. A lot of zeros ended up in that uh, that box. So please, you remember you had the 30 years war. You could have looked at the French. You could have added an additional piece of the French uh, portion of it or the international phase. You could have looked at it as the Swedish phase. Um, you had quite a bit to work with. I, I was kind of taken back on the fact that not a lot of people got their points for that. So for some of you that scored a five, you should have had a seven. For those of you that had seven, you could have had a nine. Yeah, by adding those outside sources is an easy way of adding two more points, a point to two more points onto your score. And that's going to be a big difference between a three, a four, and a four and a five. Uh, demonstrating the complex understanding, I think of the 23 or 24 that I've uh, graded so far, only two or three people actually got the complex understanding. One person went into the wars of religion and tried to show a connection between the French wars of religion, the war of the three Henrys, talking about if it is a religious war or political war, and then they tied that into the 30 years war, or even the Spanish Armada, Spain and the Dutch revolt. Uh, could have been something else that you could have tied in with. Um, any of those points would have, or any of those historical topics would have enabled you to take another example of something similar, a war of religion, and make a connection with that of the Thirty Years' War 
to help you answer the question, was it truly a war of religion or were there other factors that were involved? To what extent is religion the main factor? Um, your, let's see what else, what else, what else? Um, once again, make sure that anytime you do address a document, the document is addressed by the title of the document or the author. Almost everybody had in document one, in document two, in document three, in document four, in document five. Very little, maybe a handful, maybe two people actually quoted the author of the document or quoted the group, like the um, according to the Catholic League or according to the Protestant Union, um, according to the Count, the one who was uh, recounting the Defenestration Act. You want to make sure, please, that you are quoting by title document uh, or at least by author. And then in that same line that you actually quote the document, you could in parentheses put DOC and then one or DOC three or DOC four. Um, you want to make sure you do that. That's just an easier way for the reader uh, and their eyes to kind of, you know, capture uh, what, uh, what it is that you're using. Um, let's take a look at the document-based question that you have for, uh, for this one coming up, the, the second one. It says, compare and contrast how European rulers and their subjects view the proper rule of an absolute monarch in the 16th and 17th centuries. Evaluate the factors that shaped these views. So the first one, you have King James the Sixth of Scotland or James I of England. You want to make sure that you're quoting. Right? You say, according to King James or King James I in his true law of free monarchs, he states, he says, he emphasizes, he whatever the term might be. For document two, you say the front piece, it says the front piece of the Leviathan, the matter, the form, the power of a commonwealth, ecclesiastical and civil, uh, with input from author Thomas Hobbes in 1651. This image is supposed to hopefully help you remember what the idea of the Leviathan was. Then you have a quote from Jean-Baptiste Colbert, the French minister of finance. Please make sure that you're noting that according to Jean-Baptiste Colbert in his letter to King Louis in 1664, he states, uh, document four, you're going to remove that one, right? That's not one that you guys are going to use. So you're going to use document one, document two, document three, document five. According to John Locke in his second treatise on civil government, he states, he notifies, he quotes, he emphasizes, he lashes out against whatever. And then the last document, which would be document five for you, but document six here, and just stick to the document number. So if it says document six, just noted as document six, as long as you guys aren't using document four. The last one comes from um, the Baron de Montesquieu, uh, Charles Louis de Secondat. So if you title it by according to the Baron de Montesquieu and his spirit of laws in 1748, that should be fine. All right. Please make sure once again that you're titling your documents by the author or you're giving indication of who the author is and what the title of the document is as well. Uh, this next DBQ is due on Monday. Please try to do it as progressively as possible. Do your introductory paragraph so I can jump on and give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down on what your intro looks like before you submit it. Uh, same thing with your body paragraphs. Uh, not to say that you need to do the intro and then pause. You know, if you're if you're finding your groove and you want to do you know the next paragraph or so, that's fine. But please, please try to do it progressively. Don't because if you guys all throw it my direction on Monday, then it makes it even more difficult. But I want to make sure that I'm kind of helping you and guiding you along. So if you have your introductory paragraph, 
um, and you submit it, for example, well, at least that catches my eye that you're submitting it. I can give you a response to it, send it back, and you can continue to write your body paragraphs. Submit it, uh, and then I can send it back to you. And so it kind of allows me to, to give my voice and my opinion to help you guys become better writers for the DBQ and help prep for your AP exam. If there's any questions on this, uh, this on the last DBQ or this next DBQ, uh, please let me know. Um, getting closer and closer. Um, we're what a little bit less than a month away, man, still a month away. Jeez. But uh, we're getting closer. So, uh, let me know if there's any concerns or anything that you guys need help with. Um, please let me know as soon as possible. Um, love to hear from you guys and uh, see what you guys are writing for your next DBQ. Take care.